Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of The First Exchange with me, your host, Lydia Daydal. We had a great episode uh, today for you. Thomas Forbes and Anthony Donegan, the Real Talk coaches. Uh, these two guys, I met them a couple of months ago at a Fit Talks event. If you remember Kieran Judd, um, we had him in on episode one. It was hit one of his events. And basically they um, done this whole talk on mindset, positivity, new way of thinking, how you can be one thing and you can completely change your, your whole makeup to uh, have a better positive life um, they're infectious the two of them and they have a great message and uh, they talked a lot about their journeys where they came from their kind of dark past to you know seeing the light I suppose um, but it's a great episode this week so hope you enjoy and uh, yeah thank you very much to everyone for all the feedback so um, long may it continue the first exchange so we are here wow, episode yeah. number four and I'm with an absolute pleasure, Thomas Forbes, Anthony Donegan. Thank you so much, first of all, for coming in. I'm very excited to have you both here. Thanks for having us. Thank you. As you know, I'm your biggest fan ever since <laughs> I saw you at Fit Talk events oh, uh, a couple of months ago. So to, uh, I suppose introduce our audience to to you guys obviously said in the introduction uh, Anthony personal development uh, business mentor Thomas personal trainer mm-hmm. both have these incredible stories journeys of where you came from and how you met to where you guys are here um, Anthony I'll start with you let's talk briefly about your massive transition from where you were to where you are right now you were in the army Years in the military. Yeah. yeah. T- tell our viewers, uh, our, our viewers, so you say viewers, tell our listeners uh, basically how you, that transition from the military to where you are now. I never liked the army. Like, to be honest, I hated it. Yeah. I only jumped into, as, as they call it, I was a recession dodger. <laughs> oh, yeah. So when I, when I um, <laughs> like, like what happened with me was I had kids quite young at 18. Yes. And smash bang into recession. Yeah. And uh, it was to leave my mom's, like, at 18, I met my mom's as well. So I had to find it. I grew up very fast. And I was renting, yeah. rents which was the roof. And I had a young child. And it was a recession. So it was going around, like, without washer, really. And yeah. so that's when I got to the army, right? But I hated it. Like, I really hated it. Yeah. I was just stuck it out. God, it's a big jump, isn't it, to go, right, mm. I'm going to dodge this. I'm going <laughs> to jump into the bleeding army. It's such, oh, yeah. like, in that moment where you're like, right, this is what I'm going to do. Did you have friends, family members who were who had done something like that previously, or were you just totally blinded to what you were going to be put up against? Like, like I, need, I just wanted there was something else. I wanted to, I wanted to be something. That's the only yeah. way I can describe it. Did you think that you'd find that in in the army? No, I just knew that I'd pick up a solid uh, wage every week. Yeah, and I did. Yeah. Like, and what happened was I ended up being a sick mission in the army a lot, and just yeah. What is I, that? I the sick mission just was, was missing. Like, I mean, I missed about three hundred fifty-six oh, okay. days. Right. Okay. It, we didn't. Okay. We didn't like three or four years. And like, I was growing my voice as well in the yeah. time. And what was happening to me was when I was growing my voice, I was start becoming a senior man, and there was like I'm told you now, so I was getting a bit older yeah. eight years, and when I was. Like in four or five years in, that's when I said, right, I'm gonna go back and study something because I love the mind. Yeah. I'm obsessed with it. I love like small, how everything works, why you've yeah. done that, everything. And so that's when I went back and did like psychology, but did a year of that and then bounced into a year of social science. Mm. But you know what? I started saying to myself, I'd love to sort of speak about it and yeah. I can go on to do my degree, I could do, do, do more. It's still not gonna push me on what I wanna do, I just wanna speak. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And then while this is all going on, Thomas, mm-hmm. where what where what stage of life are you at? And and how did you mm-hmm. guys come together? Funny enough, it was uh, if Ando was never in the army, we would have never met. Because no way. my best mate um was 
in the army around the same time. Would he have went the same time as you? Trying train together. Trying yeah. together. So, yeah, so Ali would have trained with um, Anthony at the time. I remember Ali had a Debs. So, yeah. we're going way back to I don't know how many years ago when Anto was at the party there and it was the first time meeting him. Just a brief handshake. Yeah. We met a few more times then, but um, the times we were meeting, it was. Uh, Always in an after party or it was yeah. somewhere they are bleeding <laughs> on another planet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. we didn't really know anything about each other. We just knew each other's names. Yeah. And then I seen him starting last year. He, he was on this new path, and uh, so I was interested. It flagged me straight away. I said, "What? What's this fella doing?" You know, and it resonated. A lot of the things he was saying was things we felt. And I said, "I'm gonna reach out to him. I haven't heard from him in a while, and I haven't I've never mm. really reached out to him." So. And is this just on your social, your kind of just your yeah. way of talking and stuff and you just clocked it yeah. on like Facebook or whatever, is it? Yeah, well, that was, it was Instagram uh, that I seen him doing, uh, he started to do podcasts and stuff on Lemur. So um, I gave him a shout and I said, listen, had a listen, I appreciate what you're doing. I, yeah. I respect the fact that you, you took that leap and you, you left the army and now you're in pursuit of, let's say, dreams, if you want to yeah. say. And I remember saying, let's, let's, let's meet up and do something. So Anthony came up with the idea then to get a camera walk around the heart of Dublin, Dublin City, and two men together. We never had a meet-up before this to, to, to get to know each other. Let's just spill it all out on camera. Love which it. was very difficult to do. Yes. And, uh, so we met up, Grafton Street, we pressed record. Uh, we had David Brannigan recording it. And we just started walking through Grafton Street, Stevens Green, people looking at us with a camera in our face. You know, <laughs> stopping, taking pictures, and all the top of our famous. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so... We were just literally talking about our, what we went through in terms of mental health. It was mental health week we'd done that for. So we spoke about mental health on, on, on that occasion and, and our stories and as much as we could in the time and taking everything into consideration that you're kind of holding back a little bit even though you're, you're trying to spill it because yeah. it's our first time meeting you're still yeah, trying to yeah, afraid yeah, of being yeah. that little bit extra vulnerable because yeah. we don't know each other that well. But it, it, from then, then it just clicked. We said, right, mm. there's, there's something, good little dynamic here that it just it just works. I, yeah. The word I'm focusing on a lot now, especially when I do work with Anto, was flow. Yeah. And it's just a nice flow there. And it, it, it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel... It's just nice. It's just a nice energy. Do you know what? It's so funny because... Um, to hear you say that about your, how you got started and how you met, right? And for me, the first time that I saw you, obviously, was the Fit Talk events, mm -hmm. the, uh, an event put on by Fit Girl, Kieran Judd, who we had here on episode one. Um, and if you didn't know is which I didn't, you would think that you had known each other all your lives mm -hmm. and that you had been planning this, you know, this talk, this stage persona and how you kind of gel off each other and bounce off each other. It was like you know, emotional tennis that day. It was like back and oh, forth. It was sure. just like, shit, man, these guys are so like, you know, Thomas would say something and it hit you emotionally. And then before you even had a chance to recognize it, Anthony, you'd be straight in with like another thing. And it was just this roller coaster of just, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I'm working, I'm filming everything, you know, and I'm trying to like Instagram at the story for everyone. And as I'm putting stuff up on Instagram, people are like messaging, going like, holy shit, who are these guys? Mm -hmm. And because you you talk from, you know, you, you haven't changed from where you grew up from. You mm -hmm. still have the thick Dublin mm -hmm. accents. You know, you're that whole like real, you know, persona and just relatable. And you can hear it in your tone that there's no like, well, we know better than you now or we're trying mm -hmm. to be better than yeah. you. It's just we've had this change of heart, change of mind, this new vision and you can do it too yeah, and you can exactly. change too that's which is kind of if i'm right in thinking that's sort of where you're at now that's, with the journey a, that's right on, that's it that's it on the on the money lydia mm. uh on the money so we just want to reach out to people and let them know like like you said we have this vision we don't think we're better than anybody we have not we're, we're trying to stay away from money that's so, sort of self-righteousness where mm. self-righteousness is kind of like i'm better than you act like me yeah yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. we're leaving the boy ourselves it we're just like we have this vision. We've been in a dark place. You're probably probably there too, mm. and you can come out of it. You know, and, yeah. and you need to believe that. And we're just trying to represent what I say is possibility. I know you've talked about it before, but you know, for our listeners that might not know, explain a little bit about that dark place because um, we've all mm. had them. We've all had a dark place, no matter on what level it is or whether it's it's the same dark place. But we've all come from a dark place, Definitely. and now we, we we've you know seen the light or whatever way you want to put, put a spin mm -hmm. on but we've done the journey we've worked on ourselves yeah. and we're still continuing to work on ourselves mm -hmm. so Thomas 
like explain a little bit about the dark place that you came from. Well, I was um, I was from a young age, Lydia. I I, I was never entirely, I'd say, happy. Um, mm-hmm. I grew up Dublin in a sea. Um, heavy redhead. Yeah. There was no no way uh, no way around it. No escape. And uh, so I, I had to learn how to. I think. Uh, if only you weren't ginger, I Thomas. Know, uh, what? I could have dealt with I could have dealt with one of them, but two of them was a bit hefty, hefty you know. And uh, so uh, from a young age, and as soon as you go out through the door, you're nearly running back in it, you know. And, and yeah, yeah. So you have to. It's either. Learn to fight or learn to, to wear this sort of mask and, and put this front on all the time. And that happened me from a very early age. And, and, and uh, so all the way through my teens then, that was a similar case. And uh, I don't want to get too into it. I'll, I'll just take up too much time. But mm. what happened is there's certain occasions in, in from a young teen to mid-teens, it developed a depression there that I was in denial about, I'd say. Mm. And... Everybody was saying, would you not talk to someone? And I just didn't want to accept there was something wrong again. I was only about maybe 15 at this time, yeah. 16. And uh, about 17 then, I was having trouble with school and I never had trouble with school before. And I remember going home one day and I said, I'd never want to go back to that place. Mm. And I just despised every bit about school. And I remember taking a car to Panadol and hoping that I just didn't wake up. I didn't know anything about suicide or mm. anything like that. And I remember I woke up a few hours later and... I just pissed the bed basically, and uh, then I just broke down. I told my ma, I said, "I'm not going back," you know. And, and then they ended up talking me through as a parent would. Yeah. Uh, would you not go back? Would you not listen? Would you not talk to someone? This all started again and again. I was rebellious against that idea because I didn't want to accept or confront, be confronted by the truth. Mm. And again, I was still young, naive, immature, and so I ended up going back, leaving again. <laughs> Going back again, and uh, this was all in fifth year, so going back again for sixth year in a different school, or maybe this will work, mm. and then leaving again. I was never, I was never there. I just didn't want to be there, yeah. and then I just wasn't happy. I had this sort of nihilism view on life. I, I was very bitter. I was a jealous, jealous young flip because I, I, I don't know, I don't know how to pinpoint that. At the, like it's something that it's still I look back on. I tried to question, but I was very depressed. That's all I. I know now, looking back, but then I didn't realise it. But so I ended up pointing the bullet. It was just getting worse and worse. Uh, by the time I was 20, 21, I was getting spoiled now control. I was gaining weight, but a minute I wasn't leaving the house. I got mm. to the stage where it just spoiled downhill so bad that I couldn't leave the house. I didn't want to be seen. I was so ashamed of myself. I carried myself with this, all this guilt. And my man, I always refer to this. It's always one that just stands out in my head because... It, it's something so simple, and I know it's something so simple and something that everybody can relate to. It's being asked to go to shop for milk. Mm. And I, I, I couldn't do it. I, co- I couldn't bring myself to put a pair of runners on and leave the house. And at the same time, I'd get angry at her then and because I, I didn't want to explain to her why. Yeah. So from there on... And then, she's like, what is his problem? Yeah, exactly. He lazy bastard exactly. won't go yeah. down for yeah. milk. And I wasn't even... And all I do for him... I know. And, and he, she doesn't know that inside your mind is just exploding exactly. with fear. And it's literally... It's, it's the, the shop is 20 yards across the road, Anthony was here, and like, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. And I was in my room, I'd be fucking... I'd be crying. I'd be shouting into a pillow to try to release these voices inside my head. I was like almost trying to get them out of me. Mm. And I was like... I didn't know what was going on. Then I got to the stage where the suicide thoughts were coming back and then I was like, Roy, it's time to go and do something about this. And I had tried something previous to it with a counsellor, but I didn't go back after one. And then I tried counselling again. I was stuck at it this time. But if I'm going to be honest with you, Lily, as much as it helped, it didn't help as much as it could have because I still wasn't ready and I told a lot of lawyers Mm. in in, in the counselling. I told a lot of lawyers. And I said, that's when I realised lawyers and, and dishonesty was only holding me back I learned that and this real talk comes about this is about being honest being authentic allowing yourself to be vulnerable That's because it was only then I, I was writing letters like I said I think I mentioned this on the stage I was writing letters and I remember the tears falling onto my page I was ready to deal with this time I said right I won't make a mistake second time around I'm gonna I'm gonna succeed with this and it was my sister who sent me a picture of my niece that was that little kind of moment where it kind of snapped me off it was like perfect timing and like I don't know if you believe in universal absolutely so, but, but it was like perfect timing and I was ready to do it this time and, and I was like right what am I doing here mm. you know it's time to get help and then 
I was on medication for I couldn't walk down the street I was constantly having panic attacks my friends were questioning where are you going all the time yeah. I couldn't get into the back of a car I was having panic attacks and then I just knew there's always something as much as I'm saying all this and, and look it, it sounds deep, deep deep and dull and I didn't have a purpose in life I didn't have I didn't believe in any meaning in life and I believed anyone who, who carried themselves like they had purpose I believed they were just up their own arse or, or I'd be, you know I'd be a hater sort of thing well here's something very uh, that you that to, 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 to nod on what you just said there is that my whole thing at the moment and, and, and the way that my mind has been for the last while since I'm on this kind of journey of self-discovery and, and finding my passions and, and kind of keeping that light inside me burning is purpose right mm. and you read all the time about like find your purpose find your purpose and there's so much emphasis on find your purpose we were all meant to mm. be here and I remember just saying to someone like you know it's so easy to say find your purpose the hard part is actually doing mm. the work to find yeah. it and that's it it's just like a pressure on it now to like you know, and I was like like what is this purpose what yeah. what is what am I supposed to be doing in life mm. right? and then I was like I can't well I can't find mine so I might as well just pack it in now yeah. you know what I mean and that's what I said but then I've realised, I don't know how I got there, but I just remember that that picture was a turning point and a, p- a pivotal point where I just said, right, I'm going to give this another go. And I realised then, it, life is what you make it. You mm. need to go out and find the purpose. And you fi- you're not going to find it in your bedroom. Yeah. You're not going to f- like sit in your bedroom and say, I don't know what to do with my life. Well, you're not going to find it there. You know, yeah, you need to yeah. get out and change your armour a few different things and find what you love. Mm. And mine was then, I was morbidly obese because I never left the house. I had too much. I ended up training and became a personal trainer and then my mission was then to try help as many people as I could um, that were in them shoes in a term of being obese and overweight and that's what I've done so far and that's mm. what I've been very successful I've had many, like, many, many life transformations in terms of physically and a lot of people will say oh, that mindset has changed working with me and, mm. uh, and that's where I'm trying to get into the field of now I'm studying um, cognitive behavioural therapy, so I just I want to go next level now, mm. working with people through body, mind, and, and I don't know if I'll stick to CBT, but it's just me now, chance me arm and different things. Yeah, you know? another another avenue, learning, yeah. continue to learn. Exactly. And then Anthony, at what point was it like, you know, because obviously you, you were saying that when you were in the army, you, you, you knew it wasn't for you, you knew you had something more to give. At what point or at what, what stage did you recognize that okay so like personal development business mentorship that's what i want to get into this sort of kind of um mentor life coach aspect of of being i suppose when was it or was it something that just absolutely grab uh gradually happened and then we kind of are where we are now it was pulling me in i felt like um i felt a lot of struggle in my life i felt like it was constant constant struggle you know mm. like i grew up in a house in mass it was very bad depression so i couldn't be in that house and move there and as bad as it sounds i, I, I just it was like it was getting too much for me, my brother's schizophrenic also, so I felt like I'd never know where to run type of thing, you know. Mm. And I had my own struggles with um, social anxiety quite bad. So what happened with me was I hid. So when I get into the army, I get into the army, she would be told as well, like obviously with the job, I was able to hide. Yeah, yeah. no one to look for me here because it's mm. all full of dominated by men and all. I'll, I'll, they won't know it. Why are you hiding from? I was hiding me, me struggle with social anxiety. Okay. But I never told anyone about it either. Mm. I, I was going to counsel with so many different things. What way did it affect you? Like, wh- it give us an example of like. Give an example of, of my, my mind. So, yeah. this would have been a no go. Right? Mm. Like, if you were suffering with social anxiety and you have a bad. The even thought of crowded rooms is just mm. too much to be the equivalent of. Did you ever get the fear? Yes. I, I had the fear every day in my life multiplied mm. by 10. And that was the only way I can describe it. And it was just like. I didn't know about it. I didn't even know this social anxiety existed. Mm. So I didn't know, like to say, even how to go to anybody and say, listen, I'm feeling like this. I didn't know how to express it. Yeah. You know, but what happened was, uh, back to your question, how did I end up going to it? Like, I took a breakdown when I was like 26 and I went to the hospital. Mm. Wow. So for me, that like, that was a turning point for me. Like, it was like, you know, you have to do something about this now because you have two young kids. Yeah. And I actually saw myself in the hospital. Well, I was just about to ask you because there's been times in my life where I've gone, am I having a breakdown right mm. now? Like, it, am I actually, is something happened to me right now where mm. I'm actually going to, like, I'm not going to come back from this? Yeah. And then I wonder, like, 
at what point do you get sectioned? At what point do you sign yourself in? Like, what is the process? Because mm. there's been times where I'm like, I actually need to go somewhere. Great question. Yeah. Right now yeah. and be away from this. And, you know, it was never to the point of suicide, thankfully. Mm. Mm. But there was suicidal thoughts. Right. And there was, you know, the mindset of, I want this to end and I don't know how to fix it. And right. I'm afraid of vulnerability right. and I don't know who to ask and I don't know who to trust and a therapist and all these people they won't get it mm-hmm. now thankfully I did end up going to therapy in the end and, and sort you. myself out but how did it get to you at the point like what is the process where you do sign yourself in and what is the low point where you say I have to go right now I'm very pig-headed and I'm like um no one will stop me type of thing and I've, I've probably carried that like even when my son like I had like Jordan's process and I was struggling with my own stuff and keeping myself. My son had a brain hemorrhage. I was coming out of a bad relationship, but good. And I kept saying to myself, you can handle it. You can mm. go. I have this pig headed now. It works very well for me on the business sector and this yeah. and that because I will die before I quit type of thing. Mm. But what I will say was, I knew it was a breakdown because for me, it was like the clock stopped and people were speaking and nothing was making any sense. So I got an awful fry. Mm. And I'm looking at people and looking at me ma and, and I can't make head at tell of what's what she's saying that was a frightening place to be whoa so that was when i said jesus something something's wrong here so mm. I, I called a family meeting and i said listen i'm struggling with something a while now and uh what my exact words and i think it says listen I said, i'm losing my fight and that was my words and my dad come around and he said to me i'll get you the best therapist in the country so my dad's a counselor and all but i, I didn't want to he hear is a counselor is he yeah no way yeah it was more than that, you know, I knew, I knew I needed to go in. Something was saying to me, go into that hospital, you know, and I walked down on my own without anybody. And I went in, it was never like a week, two weeks, and I refused everyone's visits mm. because um, I wanted to do it on my own. Yeah, well. You know? Yeah, that must have been so hard. I've, I've, yeah. I've got goosebumps here thinking about the actual moment of yeah. you calling a family meeting yeah. and sitting in and finding the strength and the bravery to actually say, I surrender. It was like I'm losing this was, fight here. It was like the best thing, but it was like the best moment, the worst moment. I remember going out to the hospital and saying, uh, "I was going, Jesus, how am I even going to say this?" Even walking down, and when I remember calling it, uh, the Troyers Nurse out, and I was like, "Listen, I want to be taken in." Mm. At the time, I was milling the weights out and all, and, yeah. and not only how much we are, but image and all, they probably think they look grand. Yeah, oh, yeah. I show yeah. up like a like a blade gaff was milling it because <laughs> I wouldn't want anyone to blade look at me. Yeah, he's looking yeah. all right, he's big. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Uh, I said, listen, can you take me in? And he said, well, this is everything all right, so this is not going to last another day. I just know I'm not going to last another day. And he did, he took me in. No way. Mm. Best thing I ever did. Fucking hell, like, it's just like, you just want, you know, the people out there that are like, I can't be helped, I can't be fixed, like, mm-hmm. I'm never going to be, I'm not enough. Like, mm. these are the stories that need to be out there because... Like I said, you meet you guys for the first time and you go, Jesus, like they're fantastic. They've got this shit together. Like they have obviously been doing this for years getting, you know what I mean? So to have that, do you think that those experiences that you've had have led you to where you are now and have given you that edge over maybe somebody who, not knocking them, but somebody who maybe just went to college and studied a certain type of, you know, therapy or you know cbt or something like that do you think that because you've actually walked the walk it gives you a slight edge or a better ability to understand the people that you're helping it's experience isn't it i think so yeah i think um experience trumps anything mm-hmm. you know especially life experiences when you come from this sort of angle i don't want anything. thinks 100 percent. Mm. like it's it's uh I would not have grown like a, a as a mentor. Is very resilient. I'm, I'm resilient as hell. Yeah. I have this thing in, in me now that I've been so low. To me, there's no getting lower than that. Mm. There wasn't. So I know I can handle anything now. And I've had more stuff happen to me even since I've come out of. And I've not bounced. I've not fell. I've not bounced. And mm-hmm. I've, it's like uh, a strength. Yeah. You grow. Mm. You know, because because a big fear I got asked and I got asked this a couple of times. People worry about relapsing. Yeah. You know? Massive fear of mine. Is it? Massive. Yeah. Massive. Yeah. Mm. The fear of like, I mean, I recently, anyone follows me on Instagram will know, but I quit drinking uh, like less than a month ago, but I wasn't oh, yeah. drinking like 
on the session I was like going on a Sunday having dinner and having a glass of wine but I found that one or two glasses of wine on the weekend was making me unproductive mm-hmm. it was right. a spiral of right I'll have a cup of glass of wine with dinner mm. and then maybe I wouldn't train the following morning mm. and you know then maybe it could be mid and people would say oh you want to go for this you want to go that and I just felt that like my productiveness was slipping away and then I had birthdays and I was on holidays and before you know it you're fucking in the pub again. Yeah, Do you know I, what I mean? Can I ask you a question about that lady, actually? Because I can, I can definitely identify with it. Did you find your unproductive... Like you said, you, the drink was making you unproductive. Mm. And did you find, in relation with becoming unproductive, you were telling a lot of lawyers? Because I would be lying to people as the way I wasn't showing up places. And then I feel like... Because I, I was... I drink was a, is a nightmare in my life. Like, yeah. I, I can't... Like, like you said, I could drink and then you're not seeing me until Wednesday. And the phone's going mm. off and... I'm back in that little hole I was living in, yeah. in the bedroom, um, not leaving the house, and and like people are like where are you? Or if I'm not showing up to work, and I'm just making a constant bullshit. I don't. I didn't. I'm. I'm. I wouldn't have lied. I. I, yeah. I don't. I. I would tell people like, oh look, I'm whatever. I remember there was one. I got a call once of um, a coach that was like, hey, you won't come out and do a little thing, blah blah. And I was like having dinner with a couple of friends, and I was like. I'm actually I'm just gonna have dinner and then I knew that like I could finish dinner and I could go home and grab all the equipment and I could be out there a little bit later than he wanted and then I was like I'm really sorry I can't and I woke up the next morning and I had like a pain in my chest where I was like you have dedicated four years of your life to growing Fight Connect TV and you've got a really good opportunity to go and do this someone has asked you for something like essentially your help in promoting something and without the people that you interview you have no product you have no platform mm-hmm. um so i find the balance of saying yes to everything is also not healthy either, not yeah. definitely not healthy and then also saying oh you know what i'm gonna stay with the girls and i'm gonna have a few drinks you know yeah. and then you catch me on like i go for a couple of points on the weekend um, before you know it, I've had nine points. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know yeah, what I mean? Happen. That's what and I'm not saying. a bad drunk. I'm not yeah. like I don't get leery or whatever. You know what I mean? And like I've been known to to um to go out and have two drinks and just sit, sit with a pint of water yeah. for the rest of the night. It's not about like oh I can't stop drinking or I think yeah. I'm an alcoholic or that. It's just when I'm out, I'm out and I enjoy a good time and. I don't know, I just like to be focused and driven and I just felt that it was just kind of aspiring. So I was like, right, do you know what? I'm all or nothing yeah. in everything that yeah. I do. Yeah. So I was like cu- knocking on the head. Right. So it, like I was like, I have a wedding in August and a week away from my birthday yeah. and I was yeah. like, if I want to have a few drinks then yeah. I fucking will. Exactly. Yeah, very much. then it's all work. And you've earned do you know it, what you know? I mean? And that's, that's brilliant. That's the way, pe- look, yeah. if people could live like that. Like, oh, yeah. It's food as well. Food My well, relationship yeah. with food yeah, is need definitely. like it, it's it's a love hate relationship. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I'm not someone who can have a few drinks and get get a pizza on the way home. Mm-hmm. Like I can't. If I do that, I'm like you can see it in my face the next morning, like a carb <laughs> face. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I need to be just on the straight and narrow. And my brain works better when I'm training every day, yeah. when I'm eating clean, when yeah. I'm not drinking. And you know, yeah, it's tough because I don't smoke weed or I don't yeah. like you know take anything to kind of like. I meditate. That's right. where I'm at. Nice. Do you know what I mean? Nice. I yoga and swim in a sauna. That's my little like right. right take That's you back. Thing. That's my thing. So you know what I mean? Don't, it's such an actually... L one, but like you know, it, it is my thing. <laughs> Someone ring. Wait, I'm off. I'm gonna have a little swim in a sauna. <laughs> That's lovely. That that sounds great. I won't mind, but I, I go to this. Well, I won't tell you where I go, just in case people are bleeding watching out for me. But I go, and the, at the time I go, there's always like pensioners, like it's the over 65s, and I'd be in the middle. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, what do you do? And I just tell them, oh, I work in Tesco. Do you know what I mean? I can't be asking. Oh, I film yeah, fights yeah, you know yeah. or I interview <laughs> fighters we be there all the, day on the water aerobics with yeah. the OAPs <laughs> in the Zumba yeah. yep <laughs> and that's why no, the reason I was asking is because I would have went very heavy on, on drink and drugs mm. when I was depressed obviously it was an escapism for me at yeah. the time and, and then it was only last year that I went through a breakup and I kind of fell back into the old pattern and old yeah. routine I was going out every weekend I was putting myself with people from my past who I kind of cut off I'm not blaming them, but I was looking to blame them. Yeah. And but I was putting myself in that situation, in that environment, because I knew what that environment entailed, mm. and I knew I was getting off my tits by the end of the night, you know. Yeah, and I probably yeah. wasn't coming home, to, going out Friday, probably wasn't coming home till Saturday afternoon. What was your main vice? 
Say again. What was your main voice? Was it drink? Was it drugs? Or was it just like a combination of so, our food? What so was this, it? It was, it was all of them. Mm. It was all of them. Um, all the good stuff. All the good stuff. <laughs> all the good yeah. stuff. <laughs> Sex, drugs and rock and roll, yeah. It was, uh, it was, um, it was all of it. It was, um, so it would... I was trying to find the platform, so I was blaming the drugs. Yeah. I was blaming the... There was, and when I say drugs, it was cocaine. Mm. And I was blaming the coke, and I was saying, I need to get off that. And I, every time I was going out drinking, I'm not going there that show tonight. Few drinks in me, and I'm I'm looking for it like a like a bloodhound, mm. you know. And I'm looking everywhere, and I'm getting agitated, and it's ruining me night if I if I can't get my hands on it. And that's when I knew right, this is an issue. And then yeah. I said, well, how do I stop it? So I tried a hundred times. I'm not going out the next weekend. I'll be out next weekend. Mm. And that happened over and over and over again. I'm sure everyone can relate with that. But then I got to the point where I was like, I wasn't getting out of bed again. I was becoming depressed again, and I was going back down to that road. And I said, right, something needs to give. And I'm not very religious, but I know a woman who'd done the 12 steps and she was in my gym at the time. So I started speaking to her and she's like, I'll bring it along the 12 steps. And I was considering it. I was yeah. like, give me your number. I was like, I think I need to. Mm. I said, because if I do not stop this, I said, I don't know how this, I think I'm going to have to throw on the yeah. rope. Like, you know, and that's why I like, what I kept going through. So it was, that was only last year. That was this How, can I, Do you mind me jumping in there and asking, Have is was a religion ever your thing? Did you grow up Catholic? I grew up Catholic, yeah. What about yourself, Anthony? Was religion, is that a big part of your life or would you be more spiritually inclined? Oh, I'm very spiritual. I'm yeah. very spiritual myself. Nowadays, I would be, I'm on a very like sort of um, self like development, sort of searching for myself mm. and, and sort of, I'm always challenging myself on deep thoughts. So anyway, it, in four weeks time, Probably to today, like it'll be a year off the drink, and I don't plan on ever going back to it. Like, but, but you never, you never say never. But that's what I'm. But I, I just need to focus and just mm. take one day at a time. And yeah. I never thought I could get here, you know. Mm. And um, the one thing I, I, I trying to come down to, and I ask everyone, so I'm gonna ask you, is like, because mm. I like to hear other people's mm. perspectives. Obviously, we have a bad relationship mm. with drink, right? Yeah. So I ask everyone, what, like, I weighed up the pros and cons, and I. My mind wouldn't allow me to give alcohol mm. any pros. So actually, because I blamed the drugs, I actually found out it's not the drugs. If I stop drinking, I won't do the drugs. You know, yes. so I knew the the, the, the yeah. drink was the root of the problem. Mm. So I was like, what are the pros to alcohol? And I, I physically and, and personally, I can't come up with any. Mm. I'll start with. Awesome, <laughs> mate. I, front of the bus. <laughs> I, I could give you a start list Lydia. of she drinks, like, Lydia drinks nine points. I've <laughs> like literally yeah. a pint of Guinness is my favourite thing. Yeah, okay. I was holding out for a Guinness sponsorship oh. there for a long time. Oh, I be going down the damn street. I said a pint of Guinness. There's one there, and I would agree There's with that. There's a, oh, yeah. a very good friend of mine, and um, we had this conversation before about pint of Guinness, and uh, I was saying, you know. It's very common for girls or women to kind of like, if they're going out, like, oh, I'm not going there on my own. Or, you know, they go, I'll meet you at eight o'clock. Don't be late now. I'm not yeah, sitting at the yeah. bar on my own yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Whereas I love sat at a pint of Guinness with a paper on a Sunday. A roll, a cheeky rolly then if I want to. And literally, like, where I live in Ranlet, there's a strip of the nicest, like, Granddad bars, I call oh, them. Right. Yeah, it's very funny you said that. And it, it's actually, it's yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh. I'm just up there. Yeah, right. Oh yeah. Shout out Tribeca sponsor. There's some kind of romanticism that I see in like Guinness, right? And right. I know this right. sounds mad because it's a point to Guinness, but the art of the poor, right. the waste, the conversation with the barman. Jesus, Lydia, the, have me think. Right. Of <laughs> This is a great yeah. Shane, get the bleed points the, in here. Point this is the best answer I've ever heard. <laughs> we need a tap on. Non, non alcoholic. Do you know what I mean? The point gets put down, the glass is frosty. Do you know what I mean? There's like, you put a little love heart in the. Yeah, or yeah. dependent. Some people think that ruins it or whatever, <laughs> oh, right? Tom's went for the You have the They're all in lint. Right, so there's a thing when you point to. Uh, I didn't know, but you drink a point to get your first up, you have to try and get past the Guinness label really? on the glass right now. I, I don't sometimes get it, right? But you have your first point you sit it down and it's just that like little release of just mm. ah yes like mm. it's just yeah. relaxation it's just like mm. it's a cheeky Sunday point yeah. and I've nowhere to be I've no no conversations to have with anyone right. just here on my own mm. I'm watching the people that are going by I'm having a little banter with the barman and you're taking in right. 
you're taking now it's it's not it's it, I'm I'm associating it with the point of Guinness, but it's not really the point of Guinness. It's yeah. it's actually the atmosphere of being sat alone and noticing things. Yeah. Because when you're on your own, you start to notice like you, it's like being hot, like sen- highly sensitized. Mm-hmm. You know, you you see people come in, you see transactions, mm-hmm. you're aware. Mm-hmm. And I try not to bring my phone. Like I have it with me, but not on me. Mm-hmm. Like out, you know, because you get sucked in and yeah. you get the head down, yeah. and then there's no point in being there. But it's that romanticism of it. Also, yeah. if someone comes in to join you, go yeah. on. Yeah. And I love the, right, we just yeah. have the one. And I love the, fuck, come on, we have yeah. another yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then yeah. I love the sixth one yeah. and the seventh one. And She's then, just powerful, Lily. do you know oh, what I mean? You get that sponsorship like now. To, <laughs> I'm going out. <laughs> I'd like to announce that uh, I've just accepted a job with Guinness. Uh, with the brand <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's for me, like, obviously, look at my job. Like, mm. I love connection. I love conversation. I love yeah. Yeah. put me in a room with anyone right. and I know that I'll find something that we can agree on or something that we can converse on. Great answer. And that's why I ask this question to people because I want to hear it from people's perspectives with a healthy relationship to alcohol mm. rather than having my own limited perspective on it. Yeah. Whereas like I would have liked the six and seven point against as well. Yeah. And funny enough, you said it, I was only saying to my girlfriend not long ago. <laughs> she said, do you miss it? Drinking. And I said, no, but I'd love a point of Guinness. Yeah. I said, that's the only one, I said. I said, that's it. And I said, uh, so... I knew you were a Guinness man as well. I just knew it. Yeah. Do you have a point of Guinness, too? Love it. Fuck it, lads. We just packed this Wrap in. That we go up. For the <laughs> Wrap it up. Wrap Quick. it up. That's a cool. Episode <laughs> four. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. It's a short one this Try week. Try again next week. Good night and God bless. Um, but, but talk, like, I mean, obviously, you, you're both talking about the spiritual end of things. Like, mm-hmm. I think sometimes I wish that there was another word for spirituality because yeah. I think a lot of people get freaked out by yeah. spirituality and they hippie. think that it's hippie you're out in the park hugging yeah. a tree and you know <laughs> like that's not it. it it's about a higher for me it's a it's a it's it's a higher state of connection higher state of being uh recognizing that there is you know uh almost like, like it's hard to explain it but for me it's like almost drawing it like that it's this sort of line of ups downs waves more. rounds and just more more isn't it? and it's just mm-hmm. like this whole like stratosphere that connects us but we really don't have a clue mm-hmm. what's going on do you know what I mean it's something powerful, also it? something that centers you yeah. In terms of your spirituality, like what is your daily practice? Are you guys meditating? I know mm-hmm. mindfulness is obviously mm-hmm. a huge part of real life coaches and what you're trying to achieve mm-hmm. and what you're doing. Um, so kind of explain to the listeners like how what you preach, I suppose, and mm-hmm. then what you're you're actually in your in your daily life getting up to. You want me to go? Yeah, go ahead. Man. So routine, I find is key. Yeah. And um, if you have no routine, you're just living chaotically and you're alone almost. Uh, the door, you're leaving the doors open for this sort of mental illnesses to just creep in on you, you know. Mm. And if you have routine, you're slamming that door shut, and it's regiments as well. So for me, I would wake up in the morning. So I'd actually start. I'll start with my nighttime routine. My nighttime routine. I will have me me clothes and stuff ready to go for in the morning. Me gym gear because that's the first thing I want to do when when I, when I wake up is walk out. Yeah. So um, if I miss that walk out, I'm disoriented for the day, mm. you know, and, and that's just how I'm conditioned now. So I wake up in the morning, I plan my goals for the day. I'll set three goals for career, three goals for myself, and three goals maybe fitness and health. Yeah. So that could be track your food, do this in the gym today, and something else, and three goals for career, like send off emails and, and network and, and, and all this sort of stuff, trying to build this Real Talk brand. And so I take them off as the day goes along. Um, from the morning, yeah, so I ground myself in the morning. First thing I do when I wake up, I have a vision board next mm. to me in my room, in my bedroom. And on that vision board is all the things that I, I aim to achieve in, in life. Uh, and some of them you come in and look and say, who's this fellow I think he is? But you have to aim big, I believe, and you have yeah. to believe in yourself. And uh, it's that sort of law of attraction, ask, believe, receive. So yeah. it, it's 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 that's what I do when I wake up, I look at that. I look at every single picture on it, image on it, and it, it's not all career. Um, I don't believe as success, I put up the other night, success is not about having more, it's about wanting less. And mm. I believe mm. at the moment I'm very successful, if that's the case. Yeah. And um, But uh, like I said, that doesn't mean I should just stop. Mm-hmm. Keep going and, and just keep seeing how far you can go with this. So I look at my vision board and then I do a uh, breathing technique while I do that and I visualise myself in these places. I visualise a future self. 
and I visualize myself already living in this in this 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 home that I have on the the board. Should see this gaff. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm walking around. It would have been blackboards oh. all over. Sort of whiteboards. I'm just I'm just walking around. No, this gaff that I'm f- uh, in the future self. I'm just wa- oh, visualizing myself boy, okay. walking around. It's, it's a mansion, like and uh, and uh, so I'm just visualizing myself in this place. And I do this four, seven, eight breathing technique. It's a very, very probably heard of it before. Mm, so you breathe yeah. in for four, hold for eight, hold for seven, and breathe out for eight, and it's just. It's one that I found that works really well with me. And then night time then, like, I have a sleep routine. I can be very strict with it. But yeah. listen, it's important to know here that I'm a human being. I'm irrational. I don't yeah. stick to everything all of the time. So it's structure. That's, it's structure. That's kind of what gets you on the even, yeah. the, the, uh, the even key, I suppose. And Anthony, would you be the same? Like, in I'm terms mental of with discipline. I'm just... Like what oil did when I was you, Did you get that from the army or people always say that to me? No, yeah. I don't believe I do. To be honest with it's you, just it, in it, you. it's like a controlling thing in my mind. Mm. You know, and sometimes I have to relax a bit because I can be too. I have this fidgety thing I do. I start moving stuff, and I didn't know what mm. I did until I came. I start moving force. It's like, <laughs> you know, she's like, you know, so yeah. I need to relax a little bit. So yeah. what I'll do is I grew up in the morning, right? And since since I was in hospital, I always did this thing when I grow grow the bed. I put my two knees on the floor. Yeah. I do before talks mm-hmm. to know that I have to go onto my knees, go onto my feet to go up. I have this thing, I ground myself, I hold the floor. Love it. And I say, ground the knees. So, so I start now and I'll do me, I meditate religiously now. Mm. I don't really like saying religiously, but you know, we associate religiously with all the time. Yeah. Like Tom says, they're going to miss the odd day, but I really, mm. I really do because what with me was of a very fast move mind. Mm. Really, really quick. But I know I can be very creative if I can just slow it down. Mm. Yeah. And for me, I, I, every day without fail so I was doing my me, me breathing techniques and getting longer with it now mm. after 10 minutes of my meditation which I couldn't do a minute before <laughs> I know it's 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 amazing how it's almost like a muscle isn't it that like you have to and some days you like you try to quiet the mind and it's racing and you're just like I, I, you know they're the challenging days where you just have to push yourself to go right just you're not going anywhere so you better just settle into this now and enjoy it you know that good way when you get into it as well there's times that i've meditated and like you know it's the process like you have a hot shower change my bed sheets get a nice pajamas Mm. on throw out the mat and and down onto my knees and just like breathe and just then onto my back and playing really getting the 432 hertz out have you ever heard the soft edge of frequencies no. Unreal. No, I'll send no, you. No, yeah, they're like a chorus of like frequencies that like basically our bodies and our mind, everything is tuned to these frequencies. Yeah, and there's a, there's a thing there's you it's know like allegedly conspiracy theory, a bit conspiracy theory that mm. um you know the the masses, the other end, the elites of yeah, the world, yeah. um that they down tuned music, they down tuned radio, everything to basically um prevent us from getting to a higher state of consciousness well. yeah so like and like all this new skirts rid r- music yeah. whatever mm. bleeding cardi b <laughs> <laughs> we might need to i think i said ribbit <laughs> i think it was a rabbit was it <laughs> no offense to cardi, cardi b or offset whoever the bleeding each attack <laughs> but, but um yeah. you know all respect to them they're doing a thing but uh and they're bleeding they have a little bit more cash flow than i do so what am i saying um but you know what i mean that 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 whole kind of state sort of came from um that whole music now has basically created actually Com- Kanye west talks about it that's where he got this whole sunday service thing from nice. of like going back to the roots and stuff yeah, it's amazing, is yeah. that um uh this is why people are so manic and the conspiracy theory is that this type of music has been generated for the younger generation to make them internally chaotic mm-hmm. so that they want to take coke so that they need yeah. to smoke a joint mm-hmm. so that they you know what i mean that I like this it, is yeah. all a, a, a this is a way for you know the higher powers to basically destroy yeah. culture civilization and the youth mm-hmm. and make them reliable or dependent on the pharmaceutical drugs yeah. the mm-hmm. the illegal drugs the whole the whole yeah. thing I mean, I, I'd like to talk about, you know, because th- there's no, there's no, um, 
let's just be real here like our culture at the moment especially in Ireland in late teens the guy you know guys and girls that are in their 20s like the culture of fast fashion the culture of getting a bag of coke on the weekend mm. smoking weed mm. I can't tell I literally when I was growing up now I'm 34 I'm not fucking ancient right but when we were growing up there was the stoners and mm. then there used to be like you know we get a bag of weed on if we're staying <laughs> in the girls house on a Saturday night we smoke a few joints but there was none of this smoking weed throughout the day all day every day yeah like can't do anything without mm. a fucking joint mm. and it like it really upsets me because it's drinking fast fashion weed coke all these mad things that our youth are getting into at the moment all it is doing is they are digging themselves deeper into a hole that's mm. going to be harder to dig themselves yeah, out of when they realize that what they're doing Big time is killing them and basically burning a hole in their brain, in my opinion. I could be wrong. I was in the toilet there recently as well. There's a crack of it. And a, there's a man in there, and I swear to Jay's, he must be in touch in 80. And he whips out a bag. He says, you want the lion? I says, what? <laughs> About, I'm telling you. You're I'm nearly me. bleeding, dying. In the nearly pub? Dying. In the jacks, took three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking. I'm only joking. <laughs> <laughs> Where was this on a night out? In the pub. I you? thought you were talking about the bleeding toilets in the studio. No, they took me back and I said to myself, Holy Jesus, that these are only getting into it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, they, see, they, 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 skip, they skip my, like, skip that generation. So it's mad when you see someone at that age do it, you know? Because yeah, my yeah. outlet wouldn't have a clue about it. My yeah. outlet wouldn't know the difference between weed, heroin, cocaine. Yeah. Just, it's all the same. Mm. You know that way? And, mm. uh, yeah, it's messed up how it is What, what is your opinion on that, right? So I probably went down a bit of a mad one there when I was on my rant. But, like, do you know what I mean? It, it, it's sad, right? Because, like especially for me at 34 you become aware of your body you become aware of what you can mm. and can't do anymore like mm. even if it comes down to going out mm. on the drink do you know what I mean yeah, so yeah. there is this like I feel like you know having this platform or having this voice where like a small amount of people are listening to me is that I need to use it in some capacity yeah. to kind of it's whatever about having a good time but being reliant yeah, reliant yeah. on something whether it's weed coke an, an antidepressant mm-hmm. uh, and obviously with antidepressants like there are cases where people need to be on antidepressants yeah. I'm not saying that but pharmaceutical yeah. drugs as a whole um, alcohol whatever it might be what is your opinion on the state of affairs at the moment and I suppose for you Anthony so you've got children do you know what I mean that are yeah. coming to that age now where like you know how old are they they're like in their well, teens Robin's aren't 12. they yeah so and like a couple more years and yeah, then it's terrifying yeah. like, and, and the way it is is like me and Thomas are looking into doing something we talked about recently enough on the session we mm. hear this word over and over again yeah but boy Jesus Dublin knows how to session read it Ireland knows how to session yeah and it's a matter of you being like aware enough and like there's so many times you hear people saying oh Jesus I'm Martha Ma- I used to call one of my mates Martha because <laughs> every week you'd say Martha <laughs> i say what's the Martha <laughs> but it's about being I, I'd know even myself I remember like even I think it was last year it was one of Connor's fights yeah you know and being able to even say this, I've not. I actually pulled out one of them. This fights. is Conor McGregor for anyone. I pulled out a fight, like for the, because I didn't, and that was me hotel pad, everything, yeah, whatever sweets, everything. I pulled out for the fact because it's known. I don't need to be even drinking. I don't need because you know. But these people that are giving out all the time, mm. they're still putting themselves in their positions. Yeah, you create the problem. You create the issue. Exactly. Do you don't want, do you don't want it to come off if that, if that's the case. And it's something more annoying than listening to someone give out about their shit, and you're like, <sighs> you're causing this problem. Yeah. And that's the question I asked Anthony earlier. This question, and uh, who's um, do you know Brene Brown? Yes, I was only yeah. listening to her podcast yeah. with Russell Brand there oh, last that's week. That's yes. what I was talking about. And she asked the question, yeah. and she said, do you believe everybody in the world is doing the best they can? Yeah. And her <laughs> take on it is yes. And mine is, fuck, no, no not a chance. Because yeah. I know myself. But she, she says, well, she came from a background where mm. she never believed everyone was doing the best they can, but now she believes everyone's doing the best they can in the circumstances. And I just don't feel like, as much as I'm trying to be spiritual, I don't feel like I'm at nowhere near that level yet because yeah. I'm like... I look at some people and everyone knows someone in their life who just infuriates the shit out of them because you're like, you can do more. Yeah. Stop giving out and, and everything else. And I believe myself some days, I, I know I can do more. I procrastinate. And, and Absolutely. Then, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I know you can do more, but that's a, that was a question. So like, what do you think? What do you think? It's, it's an interesting, question. it's an interesting territory, right? Because like there is the argument there that 
in order to change that you can give a person all the information, all the tools, all the steps that they need to take to change, but ultimately if they don't it has it. to come from within. Yeah, it has 100%. to be from themselves, right? You're now in a territory where you're going to have people who are looking for help, right. that are needing help, that you're offering the help to, but you may be faced with people who might think they want it, but really don't want it yeah. every week Lydia yeah, yeah. this is where I see I don't believe and I'll tell you why right in, in that uh, analogy because there's two things for me like people say that, well you're enough but that's being there's yeah. the difference between being and doing yes. so that's why I wouldn't have a job as a mentor if I didn't because I'm, I'm, I'm cutthroat Lydia yeah. no politics with me say you don't mm. fucking want enough it yeah. what you want it show me yeah you fucking do it I don't mm. come back to me. I've said this yeah. before. I don't yeah. come back to me if that's not done. You don't it. There's a certain type you of know? person that that works with, like, and it, it, and it, it won't work, work with everyone. Mm. And you know that. You know. You always say that. I've yourself. had that. I've had it. I've had these experiences. And there's another thing that that the thing is that conflicts me because I, I have someone in my head who infuriates me, and I get. <laughs> it's not me, is it? And, and now, and, and I know. <laughs> it's not me, mate. Is it? It's close <laughs> to home, you know, and they're probably listening in. And that's what I'm saying. And I'm saying, I know you can do more, but it, it almost it starts this anger and fire in me. And and when you when you have this sort of anger and resentment building inside you you can't think straight and it mm. messes with your vibes like literally like it pollutes your your consciousness yeah and the answer that Brene Brown's husband gave she's he said he said I don't know all I know is my life is easier when I assume everybody is yeah. doing the best because if you assume people are doing the best well then you don't focus on what they are doing mm. and what they're not doing you just leave them to it and you focus on yourself yeah and I thought that was like, whoa. That's funny. On um, one, one of the first couple of sessions that I went to with my therapist, when I first started going, um, I remember I was talking about resentment to my my parents, right? Yeah, moments moments in my childhood where I thought they had failed me. Yeah. And she just was very quiet. And she said, they'd done the best that mm. they could with the tools that they had mm. in those moments. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And it was like, I felt something kind of lift off back me. back to you now? Like as yeah, a, yeah, where I was like, okay, yeah, fuck, I forgot that they're actually normal because humans. It, it's so, exactly. And, and they're it's people so, and so they, they're learning as they, we're all learning yeah. on the yeah, job yeah, here. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Literally. literally, like learning on the job. It's great that you were able to go back to them, Lydia, and, and actually feel ca- like calm enough yeah, and, and, and in that whole space. That resent was kind of washed away. Like towards your parents and that sort of like yeah, I, and I won't lie now. There's uh, there's not a lot. Like um, my brother w- is a holistic therapist, right? Really and he's nice. only gotten into this in the last couple of years. He studies under a guy called Paul Check, right? Mm-hmm. So there is this in it, a child. It, it, yeah, the whole cycle of Paul Check's teachings is that like it's not about physical, it's not about mind, it's not about it's uh, we are all mm. connected. Everything is connected. Yeah. Um, and we were ha- we were having dinner for Father's Day, and um, you know we were. Dean has has uh, uh, my brother. Shit, I just said his name on here. Fuck, he'd be grand. Um, <laughs> 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 no one listens to this anyway, right? <laughs> yeah. But uh, he was saying that uh, he feels that um, you know he has this kind of thing in him where it's abandonment, and he's like, I can't figure out where it is. Where is this abandonment coming from? Like when he was really, you know, he was in it, and he started saying to me, "Did you?" Well, yeah, so I left on my own at any time during the age of like one to three or whatever. So we were having a laugh and I was, you know, ripping the piss out of him. And I was like, yeah, you were throwing the bleeding tub out the back there for <laughs> months, you know. Um, but my mom was like, oh, we went on holidays. And he was like, I bet you that's what it was. You went on holidays. You left me behind. That's where it comes from. So we're talking about this whole thing. And my mom and dad were laughing at us. And they were like, you know, taking the piss, being like, oh, so you had it so bad, whatever. And like, we didn't, but the, you carry things throughout your life you carry things that like you don't realize until you're an adult and you do the work Mm -hmm. on yourself to go shit that had an effect shit and there's so much and when you learn to say you know be kinder to yourself be a little bit easier on us. you yeah. we're all doing yeah. the best that we can it's yeah. in a child walk isn't it I, when it's I, I in a child work yeah. and i used to say i'm not messing when they say it to you right yeah, in a child, I was saying, there's no way mm. I'm not doing this shit. I would have yeah. been like that too. You seem soon. like a lunatic, Get don't you? You're like, bleeding yeah. a child, go away yeah. or that. Yeah. And then now, I'm going to be going to like, um, we'll go with Shireen, a spiritual healer, like once a month. And yeah. uh, I am in it. I am in it. At the start, I was like, these are bleeding weirdos. Yeah. I went into the room with a lot of, like, six or seven women. 
and and it wasn't the women that that was because she is me is it must be hard because it's not hard fucking sitting with women is it to be honest it's just I feel a bit weird doing this in a child and then the way I can describe it in my best words is that I've a, a better relationship with myself because of the inner child and the yeah. inner child that I see myself but the list don't listen in it's like I would have been rejected a lot in life you know yeah so when something comes up for me small rejection can feel like multiplied by 10 mm. that's my little inner child little auntie going you know, and it's multiplying with hands. So my relationship for me, I'm literally nearly talking to myself in my voice, just picturing me at like the age where it would have been most vulnerable, like uh, 10, 11. Yeah. I'm saying, you're all right. You're all right. Yes, telling your inner child you're is fine, that it's been looked after. I see after. him, I see him. And yes, I see, and I, I see little Lydia, little yeah. Lydia, and little it's like, and it's like in those moments where you're getting the fear and the pain and you're like, you know, you go back to it, is to tell your inner child to actually see her yeah. and say, it's all going to be okay and I'm here to look worst, after you. I and I had this thing growing up of like, nobody, protection. Yeah. I didn't feel right. protected right. as okay. a child for whatever reason. Mm. And it's that thing to be an adult and to say, to look back and go, do you know what? Now there is somebody that's in your life that is going to be there for you continuously. Right. And I relate that to the journey, to the, the relationship that I have with myself. And it goes back to, you know, old wives tale. No one, the the best relationship that you can ever have is one with yourself. No one is mm. going to love you as much as you can <laughs> yeah, love yourself. Yeah. Like these all come from yeah. legitimate sources. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I found a power in that to say that no matter what happens, whether it's a ex boyfriend or it's a friend or someone who's done me wrong, I know going forward, mm-hmm. no one is going to let me down anymore because Deadly. I'm always going to have myself. Yes, love that. I'm always going to have my own and back. That's, that's probably, yeah, that's probably how you got into the looks of combat sports. Would it be? Yeah, hopping the head off everyone yeah, on a exactly, Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's almost she a left Cause, cause and murder. Left. We left Hook. I was like, we're in the Highlands. <laughs> we like, I like triple, tri- triple G there with that left hook. I, like, Go I on, think it's called, uh, what is it on with there? I think it's a, it's a reparenting, I think it's called. Uh, where you, you almost, you, 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 you get this, um, you take control of the situation and you take responsibility for it. And you go back to, like you said, little Lydia, little Anthony. And yeah. you almost re-raise them into adulthood. Like, yes. you, like I, I, yeah. I, there's a book, I'm, I'm, gonna, I don't even, I'm not even going to try to remember the name of it, where the guy who does all this, he, he speaks about reparenting and it's about mm. finding your inner child, bringing him up to adolescence and teenage years and then eventually helping him grow into yeah. adulthood. And it's just about proper finding yourself. It's deep spiritually, like it's... Yeah, I was starting start to see the colours when I was meditating at the start. I was like... Uh, Everyone's seeing colours and all, you know what I mean? Like, um, in, especially in that class I deal with, like, they'd see, you'd see a different colour, like, supposed to be your intuition is a different colour, mm-hmm. like, people see blues, yellows, and, and I wasn't seeing any colours, and I was like, fuck, I want to see a colour. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my colour? Where's my oak? Where's my colour? Where's my colour? I'm not bleeding. We're bleeding money back. I'm not seeing any colour. I'm bleeding doing this a while now. Where's my bleeding colour? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I was dying to see an old colour I was. And now pops one day a couple of weeks ago. Honestly, no way. Colour, I was bleeding buzzing. Are you allowed to give away your colour? No, I'm not allowed to give away. That's oh, mine. Okay. That's mine. That's mine. That's mine. Right? That's mine to keep. Yeah. Right, Thomas, let's guess his colour. <laughs> right, blue. <laughs> <laughs> Look me in the eyes. Yeah. Twitch. Why? <laughs> 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 but listen, uh, you briefly you briefly spoke there about um, about uh, Connor, and obviously uh, yeah. you grew up with Connor, right? A yeah. good friend of yours. Um, in terms of mindset, in terms of um, having a goal, building, he's probably the most famous in terms of visualization, and mm. if you can see it, you can believe it. Yeah. Talk to me about for both of you seeing that right, knowing him, seeing that rise, how. How imp- impressionable do you think that whole way of being, that whole mindset, has affected our generation, mm-hmm. or has it at all? Well, then Anthony asked that. Well, I, I kind of, from an outsider's perspective, I, I wouldn't have grown up with Connor or Anthony. Connor's family is from where, where I'm from, and I kind of know a lot of his immediate family, cousins, first cousins, and his, his aunts and stuff like that. But uh, I've met him a couple of times through family parties and occasions. He mates with my cousin. He'll be also mates with Anthony. But uh, from me looking out, I actually kind of was a big influence on mm-hmm. me at, the, at a low point. What I'm trying to get at here is that people think that to have that mindset is something that's already instilled yeah. in you or it's something that, uh, oh, well, he was probably raised in an environment yeah. where that Definitely. was encouraged. You Definitely know what I mean? Not. But it's not. It's it's, not. it's what I'm trying to get at is that that mindset and that switch on switch yeah. can be achieved literally by deciding to go. I'm yeah. going to change the way I think. Yeah. He turned it on. Like, I remember, like, we, I think it was, was it 13, 14, we were down at Lewis Celtic playing football. 
and uh, it was great to see that because I see I got the chance to see. Like we still think back of walking the Roman Road. I played at one o'clock. I'd be jumping at my man's bleeding back window just to hang out and all. Connor's always, he was always that fucking mad. Like you know what I mean, but in a good way. You yeah. know what I mean. You always wanted more. You can do bleeding more. Mm. And to watch that. Um, and is he like in those moments being like, boys, like we can do this, we can do that. Yeah, he's. Um, the only way to describe, I don't think I how to describe him because I was trying to. I love my quotes. I love writing, and I was going to mm. write something on him. Just to describe his mindset, you know, yeah. I don't think about it. He is obsessive. Mm. Um, and obsession is a huge thing for me to get where you are with that. But Connor's obsessive. He has belief, like, I've never seen before in my life. It's like even when I'm getting refused, my nightclub 16, we went there, and I, I, I didn't go up. And I remember him saying to me, Are you letting that annoy you? And I was like, What? We didn't get in. And he says, Don't don't let that annoy you. And even at them young age, it was mm. just this, I can fucking do it. Mm. It was always like that with him, you know what I mean? Like, he, he was just a type of person. Even remember doing weights, I wonder why his backs are falling. And like, it was 60k or 70k, and he's saying, I'm going to fucking do it. Yeah. It was just this thing. Mm. Mindset. Installing him yeah. one day. Cause I remember when Connor was younger, Connor was really good looking, you know? Mm. And he Still had this is. little, Still yeah, is, he had this, had this weird, <laughs> little hair that I'm in all years. He was a little, little step on him there. <laughs> and uh, he had this little step, and I'd be going around, and all the boys are bleeding mad about him, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, like you say, still there. Yeah. But uh, it was really the baby face and all that. Yeah, he walking yeah, down, yeah. he got out to 77A, he'd be going down. And uh, he'd say, what's the story? He was always really worried like he was. And uh, people used to be very jealous of him, like boys around the area mm, and all. You know, because he'd be always yeah. meeting the cracker. He'd be always meeting the best looking around the area and all. <laughs> he would, you know. Mm. I'm, I'm fuck, fellas and I'll be saying, you know, like maybe getting smart or something like that. And that was what we'll say it was. That would frustrate him, you know what I mean? Because mm. I know that from being out, we'd be dead. And some might say something smart and we'd be feeling And it'd, it'd infuriate him. You know, we'd be just like, you the fuck? Because Connor wouldn't do that. Yeah. Because I know, because I've been out with somebody, he wouldn't do that. And it would infuriate me. He'd say, the fuck that is. Mm. So that's when, I remember he joined boxing club because of all this type of stuff and all. And uh, he joined boxing club at 16. We're actually supposed to get down together at the Crumlin. And uh, he went down, I bought it. Could have been you. Fucking <laughs> oh, <can laughs> yeah, hell, could have been you. It took me long, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but it was like a decision. There's no yeah. like ball, this and that. That was a decision. Yeah. I know he loves yeah. his McGregor yeah. name and yeah. he got fighters and this and that. Yeah. He would say he was in the blood now, but boy, Jay, it's a decision that anyone can do, like, wasn't it? So you don't think he was born with it? I think, I, I think um, everyone has a path, but I do believe, I would like any listener listening, you can flick that switch. Yeah, 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 yeah. How do you flick the switch, though? It's one, it can be anything, Lydia. That's why we always say it could be one sentence, one song, one movie, one mm. anything walking down the street and something just hits you. Mm. And you're like, and for me, it was, it was actually, it was January 2000 and oh, December 2015, I went to see Aldo and McGregor. Yeah. And I was over there, I was with my mates and I was, I was at my heaviest, I was depressed, I was bleeding, mm. chomping on, bleeding, relaxing so I wouldn't have panic attacks and I was having panic attacks left over the centre. Got along up in the credit union, wasn't walking, I had my bollocks out. And then uh, I went in to the stadium, the 13 second knockout. And I remember the place erupting. I remember grown men just hugging each other and hugging me and crying. Mm. And I, I just I had a moment then. I froze and I was like, I looked around and I said, This young fella's from Cronin. Yes. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm from a similar background as him. If he can impact lives like this, what can I do? And I bear in mind, I'm still living in my bedroom. Yes. I said, Right, when I get home, something's going to change. Mm. And then from then, that's when shit just this January came and shit just I never looked back. Kicked me meds, came off all that, and I haven't had I don't think I've had a panic attack since the playing back. This is why the a platform, a voice, uh, 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 an opinion, uh, a conversation can mm. spark just anyone or anything at any yeah. time, and that's why it's so important, and that's why that's why social media is so amazing as much as it can be detrimental it's also incredibly powerful amazing yeah. tool to just be able to you know what share a message and hope that someone there looking at it goes do you know what definitely words are the most this is what i'm upset I, I, i'm obsessed with words i'm obsessed with literature i'm obsessed with how you use words i'm obsessed with how you deliver them and that's for me like thomas saying one word one line mm. at the right time when you're right to hear it that's it. Can spark yeah. So going into the future now, um, obviously fit fit talk coaches. What's um, what's real talk real coaches? Talk, I'm fucking talk. sorry. Fit talk. <laughs> fit talk <laughs> is where I yeah. saw the guys first. Sorry, my apologies. Real <laughs> talk coaches. Yeah. Um, you were in Cork on the twenty. So let uh, tell our viewers, um, listeners, where they can hear 
more from you where they can come get tickets and how they can get in touch and what's the process like can they just drop you a mail and say look I'm having a bit of a hard time or is it corporate like get them get the yeah we're, 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 we're delving into everything so we, yeah. you'll find us on Instagram at Real Talk Coaches you can send us an email through that it's Real Talk Coaches, coaches at gmail.com uh, as far as the talks we're doing the talks we're doing workshops so you keep an eye on the page you'll see workshops popping up where we're doing we do them mm-hmm. on different things last one was confidence and the one before that was anxiety and stuff so I love that um, little heading title yeah it, it was nice it was a uh, great feedback so there's people out there that are getting real breakthroughs from, mm-hmm. from the workshops and I think it's something to do with the fact that what, where we come from the ticked up and and two men talking about what, what, what men where we come from don't talk about we're trying yeah. to encourage that so You'll find us there. We're doing YouTube. We're doing podcasts. Just keep it. Yeah, we're doing a bit of everything. We're just trying to get people in and Perfect. work with them a, a, as much as we can. And, and the thing that I said there earlier on about purpose is um, a lot of us are living in lives and a lot of people are living out their lives with not knowing what purpose is. Mm. And we're trying to help people find theirs. Yes. So if we can do that with as many people as possible, even if it's one person, we, we, we've won, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And as I said, I cannot vouch for you guys enough. I like literally since I first met you at that Fit Talks event, I have just been telling everyone about you. I just think you're fantastic. And just low and Anto, like literally on the WhatsApp, little votes of like confidence and keep going and you're smashing it there. Amazing. So like long may this continue yeah, you're yeah. just doing something so wonderful and it's so fresh and so interesting so i wish you us. all the successes and thank you so much thank for coming in episode four i'm really delighted, delighted. thanks a million yeah thank you. Really, great. that was great crack a good crack yeah, and look good. we'll have you back like this is like this is love, a long time thing it's cool yeah collaborative studios looking good the little table and all hopefully little velvet table hopefully we get out of the world the drugs for the next one yeah I'll, I'll come off the Guinness, right? I'll tell you what, you go off the drugs and we'll celebrate what points of Guinness, yeah? I'll just make sure I get a jab in on them before. Why the hell kick them out down? You never know. <laughs> Maybe the next time we'll do a podcast in a pub and we'll all have a point. Thomas, you can't come because you're on the drugs. Right? See what I mean? This <laughs> I'll have a non <laughs> But listen, thank you very much. Um, before I let you go, very quickly, final talk for the day. Final talk for the day, be yourself. You up, Anto. Do you. Yes, love it. Good night and God bless. Oh my God bless. 